Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Volt here, and joining me today is Carrie Green. Carrie is the founder of the Female Entrepreneur Association, an online platform um, dedicated to ins- inspiring and empowering women to turn their ideas uh, into reality. That's a theme you're going to hear some with her book uh, and with some of the things we talk about today, um, and help women build widely successful businesses. So uh, there's over 600,000 women involved in this community which is just insane. (laughs) Uh, And it makes it one of the largest support platforms for female entrepreneurs. Um, She's also the author of a book called She Means Business, uh, Turn Your Ideas into Reality and and Become a Wildly Successful Entrepreneur. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Um, You know, how how do you turn your ideas into reality, both as an author and as an entrepreneur, how to use your book to grow your business, uh, and much, much more. So Carrie, great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Yeah. So I guess first things first, why a book? It's, it, it seems like just from my research, like you already had a, a successful business. Why a book? How do you see the book fitting in with the business? Um, well, I'd always wanted to write a book. And then in 2011, I think it was, I just started um, the Female Entrepreneur Association. And like, I just had like, you know, I was in bed and I just had this, this, it's like this, these words just came to me and I had a note, uh, notepad and pen by my bed and I just got up and I started writing and I was like, I need to write a book. And um, <laughs> the following week, I locked myself away to write this book, spent a week and it was so bad, so bad. But I was like, I've written a book. So then I had it printed and I had it like printed as a real book. It had the cover. And I remember getting it and putting a picture on Facebook of like I'd written a book. I knew it was absolutely awful. And I think from that moment, I just... I was just determined that I was going to write a book and figure it out. That was 2011. So it took me a long time (laughs) to go from having the dream of writing a book to actually writing it and getting it out into the world. But yeah, it was, yeah, it's a crazy journey. (laughs) And so how was the, um, what was the trigger to where you finally, like, what was the tipping point? So you wrote it and you're like, hey, I want to do this. And then how'd you finally get it published? Well, so I wrote that, so that first draft was like, apart from the bit that I wrote when I was in bed that night, the rest of it was just utter crap. (laughs) It was so bad. And I was like really forcing it. It was all my logical brain, like writing it. Like it was just, it wasn't intuitive. It wasn't soulful. It was, it wasn't, it was just rubbish. And, um, but I was, but anyway, I, I really wanted to, to write it. And so it was always on my goal list. And I remember in two, and I always wanted it to be published with Hay House for some reason. I think it just, they were just a publishing house who's, you know, I really liked their authors. And I remember in 2013, I had a magazine at the time and the, the book agent for Gabrielle Bernstein had reached out and said, you should write a book. And I was like, well, actually, as it happens, I have written a book. And I sent her over a few of the chapters and she was like, yeah, like just expand on a few. But I had such a huge block around writing the book. And I was like, okay, I will, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll write this. 
And so I, I went away and, and honestly, months went by and never responded to her. I never got back in touch with her. And then I felt so embarrassed and ashamed that I hadn't taken up this amazing book agent on her offer to help me and to expand a few chapters. And I, I, you know, I never even got back to her, like never. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so it just weighed on me for a really long time. I felt stuck in my own way. I felt like an imposter. Like, who am I to write a book about business? I don't know everything about business. I'm no business guru. Like, I, I just felt so stuck in my own way. Um, and then I'd started going along to Hay House events to, you know, I would go and see like Gabrielle Bernstein and, and through doing that, I had met some of the people that worked at Hay House. And then in 2015, I still hadn't written the book, but it was still a dream to write the book. And I remember that year getting an email from the, um, commissioning editor of Hay House in the UK saying like, we've been following you for the past six months. Would you be interested in writing a book? And I was like, bloody hell. Like now, like my dream publisher is coming to me, asking me this, like, if it's like the universe shaking me saying, bloody write the book. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, like I wanted to write this book. And so we signed this public, I signed a publishing deal and had the deadline to write the book and still missed the deadline and couldn't write it. Um, you know, so it was just like a really like crazy process in the end of just, I remember having to sit on the sofa I tried all sorts. I mean, like I sat on the sofa, I imagined a beam of light coming down through my head, but like just channel something. And I literally made audio notes and I got them transcribed. I got people to interview me. I transcribed that. I interviewed other people mm. for the book. I transcribed that. And just, yeah, I started doing all these things to help me to just tiny bit, tiny bit, like pull together the book. Mm. So I found it like, it was like pulling teeth like yeah. getting this book out of me. Um, yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about what worked for you in the writing process, but before that, um, so the UK Hay House um, editor reaches out, how'd they find you? So, well, I think because I'd gone along to Hay House events and ah, yeah, yeah. kind of put myself on the radar. So what happened mm -hmm. was I went to see Gabrielle Bernstein speak in London and then queued up uh, with my book and asked her to sign it. And I got to the front and I asked her if I could interview her. Cause I'm like, there's no way in hell she's going to say no. Like I've come with her book asking her to sign it. She is going to say like, yes, I'll put me in touch with someone. So there was someone from Hay House next to her. And she was like, yeah, like here, here's my contact at Hay House. Uh -oh. Like connect and we'll, we'll set it up. So they did. And we ended up, I ended up interviewing Gabrielle Bernstein, which is how I think her book agent then noticed me. Um, and then I think, uh, then after that, I just said to Hay House, like, if there's anything I can do to help, if there's anyone, like, if, you know, I can support in any way, let me know. So I kind of got on their radar by mm. just connecting and trying to be helpful. Yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and that was 2013. So it was then 2015. So um, I think it was someone else at Hay House that then had mentioned me to the commissioning editor who then started following me and paying attention mm. and then, and then mm. yeah, reached out. So that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. crazy. Oh, I mean, I think a big lesson there for people is just putting yourself in the room. A hundred percent. With successful yeah. authors, with agents, with decision makers, um, and just getting on their radar. Yeah. And and now you're on the ra their radar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially because like a lot of publishing houses do, I mean, Hay House obviously have tons of things going on and tons of ways to get involved and get noticed. So, yeah. You, you mentioned all the different things you tried uh, <laughs> to get the book written. Was there, was there one or two things that, that you feel like was the breakthrough or that, that finally worked well and led to um, some of your best writing? 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest things for me was realizing that I'm not writing this book as the expert. I'm writing this book, um, sharing my experience, my experiences and the things I've learned, but there's so much more for me to learn. And that really took the pressure off me because I was trying to write this. It felt like such a huge thing in my head to write a book and that it had to be perfect. And it's like, how would you start a book? What's the first line of the book? And then every chapter, it was like, what's the first line of this chapter? How am I going to open this chapter? And this feeling, this pressure that it needed to be like amazing. And what I realized was that it was just actually me sitting down to share my story, my experiences. And I realized that I wanted to write this book as if I was writing to a best friend. And um, I also had kept a journal since starting my business. And so in my journal, I had like poured my heart and soul out as all the ups and downs of, of my journey of building a business. And so then I started to use that journey and weave that into the book. And then the other thing that really helped me was instead of, I noticed like, what do I like about other books that I have like read really quickly? And for me, I'd noticed that the books that had short chapters, I read and I was like, oh, that was only three pages. I'll just read another three or I'll I'll just read the next chapter because it's two pages and I'll just read a bit more. And I would find that I would read so much more than getting a book and it being like 30 pages in the chapter and being like, oh God, I've not got time for this. So I, I started paying attention to what I liked and didn't like about other books. And so as I wrote my book, I just thought of every little thing I wanted to say and wrote it like I was just writing a blog post. And I put like post-it notes all over the wall and I had three three sections of the book. And then I just thought, okay, so in this first section, what are all the little things I want to say? And I went back through all my content, all my blog posts, all the videos I've ever created and thought, okay, I want to talk about that. And, and I actually repurposed so much of what I'd already created. Um, and then just doing that was like, okay, I can pull this one off. Today, I'm just going to talk about um, how to set goals. Or I, can't, I don't know, whatever, like how to do this one thing. And it was, it became so much easier um, in doing that and mm. just giving myself permission to just great. express my own story and journey and hope yeah. that it would be of some value to people along the way. Yeah, that's great. And so it sounds like um, play to your strengths, write to one person reflect on what you like about in books and, and, and do that same thing. And one of the things you mentioned that we talk about this all the time. It's so funny. Cause I see this commonality in a lot of people It's like, I've got this, it's like this, the four P's of a best-selling book. And then we talk about person, pain, promise, price. Um, and the person is like the, the one person that, you know, that you're like, Hey, this would be helpful for. And it's so funny that that was the breakthrough for you, right? It's figuring out, okay, who's this one person that I know that I'm just going to write it to them. I'm not going to try to be the expert, (laughs) Uh, but I'm going to write it to them. And it's going to be interesting for them. And when I do that, a bunch of other people like that person are going to say, that's interesting. It sounds like this feels like Carrie's writing this to me. (laughs) Yeah. I know. And it's, yeah, it's crazy how many people read the book and then say, I feel like you're my best friend. And it's just like, crazy to think that that was intentional. Like I intended for you to feel that when you read, when, as you read the book and it's it's powerful. That's awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the marketing of the book and both the marketing of the book, using the book with the, with the business and everything. Um, So I guess I'll just start kind of broad. Like how did you market the book successfully? Like, it seems like it's done really, really well. Yeah. Well, so at the beginning I remember, so I did this when it first launched this like three month book 
plan. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing to be fair, but I did this three month plan and I, I staggered bonuses because I was like this pre-sale period, like they need to get something because they, they're not just going to wait for the book. So I remember doing it. So at different times they could get different bonuses for, for pre-ordering. So I had that whole plan, um, different things expiring. And then I remember Reed Tracy telling me, you want people to actually read the book because that's how you'll make it a lasting success. If people read the book and then review the book. Um, and so when it, the book launched, I actually did the, because the book's Shimi's business. I did the Shimi's business like challenge live and it was a challenge over four weeks and I, and I broke. So at the back of the book, this is 28 day Shimi's business challenge. So I took the Shimi's business challenge from the book and then we went through it over the four weeks together. And then each part of the challenge related to a different page in the book. So they were constantly then dipping back in. And I also created like this website called She Means Business Beyond the Book. And this, it had that 28 day game plan in and um, it was there. So you could like literally check off, I've done day one and it had little stars on some days. And on those days you could like unlock a special prize. Like it might've been a guided visualization or uh, like a download or something. And so I tried to do as much as I could to get people to read the book and then review the book. Um, mm. and, and I feel like in doing that, I don't know, it created the hype, but it, it it really got people actually reading it. So, and then talking about it and then sharing it with other people, which was then yeah. really amazing. That's cool. So the pre-launch bonuses and the challenge, it sounds like were two of the big things that moved books. And then one thing you mentioned that's very interesting, because I feel like, um, I think maybe it was an interview with Phil M. Jones, maybe someone else on this podcast. He talked about similar similar thing, which I thought was very fa- fascinating, which was, the focus on readers, not buyers. He's like, oh, I, I focus on readers. And it's a small distinction, right? But I, he was like, hey, I focus on getting people to read the book, not just buy the book. Obviously, they have to buy the book to read the book. But if they don't read it, they're not going to share it. So yeah. it's so interesting yeah. seeing that parallel. Yeah, I know. And I was so grateful for Reed for sharing that with me so that I could really get like jump on that as soon as the book was released and this hype of everyone taking their pictures with the book. And I created the Shimi's Business like Facebook group and all the people like with the book could like come and be together and create a community around the book and yeah. get people sh- yeah sharing and talking and, and mo- yeah, most importantly, like reading, reading yeah. the book. You've, you just passed, uh, you just, I don't know if you knew this, you just passed 2000 reviews. No, Amazon. I didn't know oh, that. <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that with me. So that's pretty day. fun. Um, any, anything, uh, anything that you did special uh, or anything that you've seen work that, that, that's helped get reviews? Um, I remember Reed telling me again, he was like, if you can get a thousand uh, really good reviews on, on Amazon, your book will never stop selling. And I was like, I'm on it. And I remember initially when the book came out doing a lot a push around getting the first like set of reviews. Um, I think, um, I think, well, I've, I think we did some, uh, what did we do? I can't remember now how we worked, how we did it, but we basically, we emailed out, we did a bunch of stuff to try and get people to leave reviews. Um, I really, I can't remember what stuff we did. Um, but I, I did a lot of push around that to try and get people yeah. to go like, share your thoughts, tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that- Probably part initially... of the challenge of the group maybe, or, yeah. or just email out. 
yeah, like, yes, exactly. Just using that community that we'd built up around the book to go and get mm-hmm. people to leave as many, as much. And then I think after it, after that initial push, I've never pushed it again since, but I think it's just mm. over time, just probably like Reed says, if you've yeah. if it's got good views, then it just keeps ticking along. So yeah, that's cool. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Um, two things that we've seen work well that might be helpful for you. Um, one is having a link, just a short link, super simple. Like for my book, it's publishedbook.com forward slash review. So it could be okay. whatever your, your book URL is forward slash review. And it's an easy place to mention it if someone says, Hey, I love your book. Say, Hey, can you just copy yeah. and paste that? Here yes. or something? Yeah. Like a lot of our authors have success with that. And then the other thing that we do is um, we call it the review sweeper. It's just an automated email sequence that starts 21 days after they opt into anything related to the book that says, Hey, how are you liking the book? Would you mind leaving a review? And so that's just like kind of one thing we've seen a lot of our authors do that just yeah. keeps, keeps the reviews coming in um, from people who read the book. So yeah, it might be helpful. Yes, I will do that. So you did a, uh, I want to talk about um, the association in a sec, but couldn't help but notice you got a TEDx talk with over 8 million views. How in the heck did you do that? That's awesome. (laughs) I know. Oh God, I was so terrified for that TEDx. It was was like a thousand, I think there was like, I can't remember, it was like 800 to a thousand people in the room. It was so big, everyone on these big round tables and I was so petrified and I'd found that, um, before doing, I'd like done a few little talks before that. And my mouth would always get really, really dry and to the point where I could barely speak. And I was so nervous about it happening. And I remember practicing for that TEDx talk because when they asked me, it was on my vision board to do a TEDx talk. And literally like a month later, I got this email through saying, we're doing TEDx Manchester. Would you be interested in speaking? And I was like, like every part of me wanting to like say no, but then there was this little thing that said, you better say yes. And so I said, yes. And then I remember practicing one day in the car and I was eating these sweets. And then I realized that as I was eating these sweets that my mouth was like, like I was spitting everywhere. And I was like, maybe I could put one of these sweets in my mouth to do this TEDx talk. So I went on that stage with a little gummy bear down in my mouth, but it was such an incredible experience. And, um, you know, the biggest thing from it was after with the after we did it and it went on youtube they sent me sent it to me and um it was called something really terrible like i don't even know like learn do something or other really really just boring and i was like please can we change this title and so i tried to think of a title that for the tedx like audience like would be captivating and engaging and something that a talk that someone might might want to go and watch so I honestly feel like so much of the success is is down to the fact that I changed the title I got them to change the title of the video um because yeah had it been called what its original name well that I really don't think that it would have been as successful Mm. as it has been but yeah it's Mm. it's amazing people still find me to to this day through that TEDx talk and message me like I just watched your TEDx talk and I'm like 
wow, it's just so, so yeah. from so long ago now. Yeah, totally. I yeah. bet. I mean, I mean, eight years, it looks like eight years ago, 8.6 million views, which is nuts. I mean, my, yeah. my TEDx talks got way less than that. I think it's a couple hundred thousand views or something, but same thing. Like often it's the thing that people mention. They're like, oh yeah, I saw your TEDx talk when they're reaching out. So it's just so interesting yeah. how that's like a, a key point. Um, for people, and you might be—you might be the only person I've ever uh, met that gave the talk with a gummy bear in your mouth. Oh my god! I, I was—I was a bit terrified that I was going to choke on it. <laughs> but <laughs> thankfully, I didn't. But yeah, I was so nervous. I think that there was somebody behind, backstage with me, and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, yeah, "I was just petrified, absolutely petrified." Like, it was just—it was such a. It was so much pressure because you know what it's like. Oh, You've yeah. got like, what, 15, 18 minutes to like totally. nail it. And it's totally. like, you better not mess up. And I think because yeah. it is a short period of time and I didn't have, actually I did have a couple of slides, but the bloody um, little thingy stopped working. Mm-hmm. It wasn't working, mm-hmm. which they've actually cut out. So you can't tell in the in the in, oh, in what's nice. online, but it didn't mm-hmm. work. And then it, that threw me and I was like, oh my yeah, gosh. Totally. Uh, totally. So yeah, but it, it was such a great experience. And um, yeah, it's, it's, led to amazing things. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I feel like every other talk that I do, I have, you know, basic slides and and bullet points, but I like to have bullets, but then freedom around that, which for the 12, you know, mine was 12 minutes. It's just such a constraint. And then you got to memorize every line and it's so in your head and you miss a line and like, you know, that you miss a line, but no one else knows that you miss a line. So then you're just, and there's the lights, there's like, you know, uh, famous people in the room. And then like, I just remember like, it just overthinking it so much. And just, I had one person here. I had one person in the middle and I had one person on the right. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go you, you, and then you, you, you. And I'm just going to give this talk to you three and then try not to overthink the lines. Yeah. It's so hard. I remember practicing so much and that was my biggest fear of forgetting what I was saying because I'd practiced in it so many times. And as you know, I was practicing, there'd be moments where I just couldn't not remember what I was about to say next. And it's bizarre, isn't it? How, when you're in that frame of mind of giving a talk in that way, that it's like your mind goes blank and you can't even think straight. You can't even put a sentence together. And I also find it's weird because this happened to me on stage many times where I will be saying stuff, but in my head, I'm like almost having a conversation with myself. So I'm saying something, but then I'm saying, I'm thinking in my head, crap, what's coming next? What's coming next? I can't remember what's coming next. What's coming next? And then I'm still talking and in my head, I'm getting more and more frantic as I'm trying to like figure out what the hell comes next. There was this one time my son was four months old and for some stupid reason, I'd agreed to go and do a talk, which was just ridiculous. And I remember stood on that stage and I was just off. And, um, and that exact thing happened where I was talking and in my head, I was like, what's coming next? What's coming next? And then I just, nothing came. And I just stood there and I wanted the ground to swallow me up as I could not think for the life of me what I was talking about. And I literally had to say to the audience, like, I am so sorry. You have to bear with me. I have a four month old at home and I, I, I've completely forgotten what I'm talking about. And (laughs) but it was like that moment of like, okay, I've said it. Yeah. Like, okay, let me just regather. And it was crazy at the end of that talk, the like, all the people that came to speak to me were like, that was so amazing because it was yes. like, they really were cheering me on yes. that that had happened and they had witnessed it and they just wanted the best for me. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? When you cheer for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that's like, my favorite is like when the, 
when it's like, all right, let me tell you about these three things about what X, Y, Z. And then you realize in that moment, you're like, I don't know what the three things are. <laughs> you're like, I, got about, I got about 10 seconds to figure yeah. out what these three things are. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just <laughs> Why we we can't do so much, don't we? For like building these businesses and putting ourselves out there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So tell me about, um, I want to talk about female entrepreneur association, but then also like kind of going, it seems like the common theme is from idea to reality and successful business. So what are kind of the core, some of the core principles? And I guess maybe specific for authors, like let's say I either want to publish a book to grow my business, or I've already published a book and it's doing pretty well. And now I want to build a business off of that. Like what are kind of some key principles or, or things that you teach that can help folks go from that idea to business phase? Well, I feel like obviously if you, if someone's written a book and they've got it out there and they've kind of, you know, been selling it or they've got like that audience and it's like the perfect person if they haven't actually built something out on the back end. Like, so for me, the biggest thing was building a membership. And I think for an author, if you have that community and you have those people who are already like reading your stuff, then they want to be part of your world and they want to be closer to you and more connected with you. And it's like, you know, if you find like a really good book, you just want that, that person in your pocket all the time. And so having a membership is like a really powerful um, asset that you could build out. And just to like extend the community, I always think of a membership, like those are your biggest raving fans. Those are the people that are there and just, yeah, that you can serve in, in the most amazing way. Um, and um, yeah, so I, yeah, I've got my membership and it's it, and also it's an, it's such an incredible business model when you are generating recurring revenue. Um, I've always loved it. Um, like we have, we have got courses too, and obviously they could just take their knowledge and turn it into a, a course as well. Um, I definitely think now with AI that the value of content in itself is probably going to decrease, decrease. Mm-hmm. So I do think like for authors and for all of us creative people, you know, content creators, for us, the power is going to be the connection. And mm-hmm. I think in a membership, you can bring that connection. You can have those conversations. You can hold space for like supporting one another in a much more meaningful way. And mm-hmm. that's, that's really powerful. I think that's what people will want and crave, um, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. And uh, yeah, mm. and it really doesn't need to be complicated. I think yeah. keeping it simple is, is the key. Yeah. Now I, I, I would assume so, but I want to be sure you already had the female entrepreneur association when you, when you published this book, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. And the membership. Yeah. How, how has the book helped grow the association and membership? the book helped so much because it created visibility on another level. And it also created so much more credibility because like, okay, you can have a freebie, which is great. But like the book in the book, people get to know me, people get to connect me. People feel like, like I said, they feel like they're my best friend. They feel like such a deep connection. And I feel like books are, I don't really know what any, what other, what, what, what else does that? like a book is so personal. You take your book to bed with you. Like you read it in bed, you take it everywhere with you. It comes with you and it becomes a part, like when you're reading a book and you're in that book, it just becomes part of your world. And it's really incredible. And that for me, that led to obviously so many more people wanting to join the membership, but it, it was also people that 
really truly wanted to be there it wasn't like oh what's this thing I'll just sign up and give it a try it wasn't that it was like I want to be in this world it's like you know obviously like Gabrielle Bernstein she's got her you know membership you know because people love her and love her books and they want to spend more time with Gabby they want I mean it's an actually cool no what is it I can't remember but I'm sure it says like something about more Gabby but like because people want that. They want more connection with her. They want Gabby on their phone or in their world and, you know, through the app or whatever she has, like 24 seven. Um, so yeah, it just really helped me to build so much more momentum with growing it. Mm, yeah, that's great. So um, how, how have you grown this, this the, the association and the membership like so successfully? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Is well, there anything that's worked well? So the first two years when I started FEA, I focused on building up my audience, mostly because I was just so in my own way about actually creating a product to sell. I just thought, you know what, or like I can just show up and help people. I can show up and be of service. I can show up and add value. So for the first two years, that's really all I did was just show up, add value um, and give and give and give. And so in those first few years, I built my, built my social media presence. I built my email list. So by the time I'd got out of my own way and decided to create the membership, which was the end of 2013, I had 18,000 people on my email list. I had a you know, social media following of like tens of thousands. And um, that was a huge like contributing factor to the success of it because I had those people. And not only that, because I had that audience, I got to co-create the membership with them. So I put out surveys. I asked some questions like, would you want this? Would you be interested in this? Would you pay monthly? Would you pay annually? Like, what do you want? And being able to have that conversation with the community was amazing. And, um, and then I worked really, really hard for the first year of building that membership and got it to a thousand members. I was like, oh my gosh, I was just sogging my guts out. Like (laughs) I was the everything of of it, like the content creator, the editor, the marketer, like everything. And then by the end of that year, we'd got to just over a thousand members. And I remember thinking to myself, I need a mentor. I need to figure out who's doing memberships and who I can learn from. And I remember finding Michael Hyatt. And so I reached out to say, like, could I get mentoring with you? And he said, oh, like, we don't have any spaces available. And then I was telling a friend of mine and she was like, you know what? Stu McLaren is his strategic business partner. I was like, who's Stu McLaren? And she was like, oh, you should get in touch with him. So I started emailing Stu McLaren and I was like, like telling him and I, I emailed and emailed and I didn't, wasn't hearing back. <laughs> and then eventually I heard back and he'd been like doing a launch or something. And so I ended up booking a VIP day with him going over to Canada. And we did this VIP day and he was like telling me all about launches. And he was like, you need to close enrollment. Cause I had just had it open the whole time. So people could join whenever they wanted. He was like, you need to close enrollment. You need to launch. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, okay. So I remember closing enrollment and we did, I did a launch that like June time. And we had 1200 people join in the space of seven days. And I was like, oh my gosh. bloody hell, <laughs> we got more people joining in seven days than we had in the first year. And I was like, okay, launching really works. So yeah. I think it was just like, just a case of like, I always think this, I think success isn't one giant leap. It's just a series of tiny little steps. And if you just keep, keep taking those tiny little steps and asking for help along the way, you will like have the big breakthroughs. Um, so I think and that's just like the story of it. It's just yeah. um, starting out of like being of service. How can I be helpful? Building that audience, getting myself out there, being visible um, and building momentum, you know, that way. Um, mm. 
And it's, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, this, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what you can achieve, isn't it? When you go dive into this online world, like the possibilities are ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and, and the consistency, I love that you talked about the consistency and continuing to take steps for it. Cause I think a lot of times people think, Hey, this is going to be an overnight success and yeah. it's going to happen instantly. And then when it doesn't, I'm super discouraged and frustrated. Maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. Right. And so just that consistency of, of showing up, adding value and taking the next steps and then learning from someone who not how, right. Learning from someone who's, who's been where you want to be. Yeah. um, That seems like that was a big kind of jumping off point. This is, this has been awesome, Carrie. Um, I, what would be kind of your parting piece of advice um, for the Carrie from years ago before you wrote your book? And maybe even just specifically for female entrepreneurs and authors who are thinking about taking that leap into writing their book or launching a business. I feel like, okay, I've got it. This is one thing that actually this has really, really helped me, but I think it's so important. I really feel like all of us have a story to share even though we often don't recognize it in ourselves. And for me, one of the things I'm most grateful that I did was keep a journal. And it it might sound really boring, but I wrote that journal as if I was writing the story of my life. And as I wrote the journal, I put on the first page, the diary of a female entrepreneur, 2011. And um, it's around here somewhere. And um, I wrote that journal like I was writing a book. And I knew that one day the things I'd written would go in a book and that someone would read them. And it's what happened. And I look at that journal and I I was reading it back recently because I was filming some stuff around it. So I've got two of them that I'd kept in the earlier days that go from me struggling and pouring tears into the journal to having a little breakthrough to documenting, making my first million. And it's incredible. And I think if everyone opens themselves up to go on this journey of possibilities and opportunities and like, what could be possible for me if I just go for it? And then deciding I'm going to write my story. I'm going to document this, knowing that one day someone is going to read that. They're going to read your words and they're going to feel so inspired by it. I think it's a really powerful thing to do. And, you know, it can, (laughs) will help you enormously when you do come around to writing your book. So I think that would be what I'd say. That's cool. That's a cool story. Um, so Carrie, uh, where can people go um, to get a copy of your book to find out about the association or wherever it would be most helpful? Uh, the book is on Amazon or wherever in bookstores. Um, and um, I'm on Instagram at I am Carrie Green and all the other info is over on the website, femaleentrepreneurassociation.com. Awesome. Carrie, this is so great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast, wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode.
If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.